You're listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Brought to you in association with OvertimeIreland.com. Now, here's the OTI guys. Hi guys, you're very welcome along to episode 68 of the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. As always, it's me, DJ. And me, Colm. And you're very welcome along to yet another podcast. Yeah, we're here again, DJ. I hope he doesn't interfere too much with the podcast, but a special guest here in the room with me as I record this with you is Packer, my dog. I've given him a chance to see if he can stay in the room and be quiet. Otherwise, he'll be swiftly uh, taking a break on the podcast and we'll be moving him back downstairs into his house. So uh, we'll see how we get on with this experiment. Yeah, Coleman, another week closer to the NFL season, but more importantly, another week closer to the Overtime Ireland Redraft League. (laughs) Yeah, we've got uh, two coming up and... Either next week or the week following, or waiting on some people just to get back to us, whether the timing suits them. And looking forward to getting that done. We've done a draft on Sunday for another league that we're involved in, DJ. And good, good getting the practice in ahead of our money league with uh, our old pals over here in Donegal with us. So that there's the one that kind of we're focusing in on. But a lot of them coming up at the moment, which is a lot of fun to, you know, trying to get your strategy in order and move things all around to set up the perfect lineup to win a fantasy championship ring so looking forward to that there as well this upcoming season speaking of the money league dj some people might uh, notice a little difference in the tone of my voice maybe today and it's uh, down to the fact that those guys in the money league and myself were out in the town over the weekend and a little bit of strain on the voice a bit of singing and so on done so bear with me while i recover i've been drinking a lot of tea and taking some soothers to try and make sure my throat is okay but we'll go through the podcast and bring your nfl fix Right now on today's show, we're going to be joined by Mark Collins. Mark played cornerback and safety in the NFL for quite a number of years. He was drafted by the New York Giants and also played with the Chiefs, the Packers and the Seahawks. And he is a two-time Super Bowl champion from his time with the New York Giants. So looking forward to getting him in the OTI Red Zone and talking about his career. And also on today's show, towards the end, we're going to be joined by Tom from Huddle Magazine. Fantastic UK-based magazine available in both print format and digital format, which... He's coming on to talk to us a little bit about, he was on with us before and he's coming back on to talk with us again today to give you a little bit of insight into what they do at the magazine and hopefully you'll go over and check out what they do at huddlemagazine.com. Last week on the show we had on Rob Mitchell from Last Word on Sport and as always we like to promote the guys over there, they do a great job of promoting us here at Overtime Ireland, that's lastwordonsport.com, they cover all sports, have you covered ramping up their coverage before the season starts there they're obviously covering all the other sports that they do including the nba the major league baseball and the mls including many other things so be sure and check them out on twitter it's at last word on sport and check out their website is lastwordonsport.com as always thanks for hitting the download button be sure you are subscribed thanks for coming along and listening to the show each and every week we take a show here each and every tuesday we have discussed dj possibly going back to the two shows a week schedule during the season but that mightn't happen until maybe week three or four off the season. As, as we mentioned on previous shows, I'm heading over to San Diego on a, on a holiday. And I'll be going over there for week one and week two of the season. I'll be going to the week two game versus the Seahawks for the Chargers. So with just the scheduling conflict and so on, I'll be able to make the appearance on the show. I'll be able to contact you and we'll get the show done. But squeezing in two shows a week when I'm in the States might be just a little bit beyond the realm of possibility. So... I think we'll stick with one show a week each and every Tuesday up until possibly week three or four off the season, but it is a distinct possibility that we'll go to two shows then. But let us know your thoughts if you'd like to get two editions of the show each and every week or if we should stick to the one show, if one is enough to listen to us Irish guys talking NFL. 
So that'll be coming up with Tom later in the show. But did you just start the show off straight away? As we'd like to do, we'll get straight into our guest interview. This week's guest is Mark Collins, as I mentioned earlier. And after that, we'll get into preseason games, the NFL action over the past week, and some of the news that's come out of that. So we'll be talking the NFL news a little bit later in the show. But first, let's get straight into that OTI Red Zone interview with Mark Collins. The OTI Red Zone, presented by OvertimeIreland.com. Joining me now on the Overtime Ireland Football Podcast, it's Mark Collins. Mark played in the NFL for 13 years, played 168 games, and of course he won two Super Bowl championship rings while he was at it. Played most of his career with the New York Giants, and very proud to have him on the show here now to talk some football with us. I guess I'll start to mention the two Super Bowl rings there. Most people dream of winning one, Mark, and you went and you won two in your time with the New York Giants, not to mention they were the first two Super Bowls in Giants history, so a lot of history made there while you were with the Giants, and just looking back, what was it like to play in a Super Bowl, and then what was it like to win it, and then do it all over again for a second time? You, you know what? It, it was fantastic, especially doing it in, in New York with a with a with a uh, organization like the New York Giants. You know, one of the flagship uh, franchises of the National Football League. And you know, the first time we went in 1986 was great because before then the Giants were <laughs> they were not very <really> good, <laughs> and, and to, be, to be a part of that team to do it. It was fantastic, and, and, and some of the fans, a lot of the fans in New York, when I go back there quite often, they still talk about that 1986 uh, that 86 season, which which was a ma- magical year. Uh, you know, then to come back and, and do it again, you know, the second time. The, the first time I won, I was only 21, right out of college, and it was it was great. And then to do it again in 1990 uh, was a fantastic time also, because we were not. Uh, one of the favorites to, to to go to the Super Bowl in 1990, the 49ers were uh, the favorite to win it, and uh, we we kind of knocked those guys out for the three feet, and um, we won it that year. It was great. Yeah, you actually mentioned there firstly two of the points I was going to ask you, but you mentioned you won it when you came straight out of college. Basically, did you think that uh, winning Super Bowls was always going to be this easy? Yeah, you know, you kind of think, yeah, this is easy, this is great. You know, you, you win it the first time, you go, oh, we can do this all the time, we can do a yearly event. And then, you know, we, we won in 86, and then 88, 87 was a strike year, and 88 we didn't go, then 89 we didn't go, then, you know, it's like, well, maybe, you know, it doesn't happen that often. But, you know, the second time we went on, it was, it was great because the first time I really didn't, I didn't savor the flavor. You know, I, I didn't really appreciate it. Yeah. Not that this you know, happened all the time. But, you know, the, the second time we won in 1990, I really took my time to really appreciate every minute uh, of the, every step of the journey. You know, from, you know, the staying at the hotel to meeting the people and interacting with, you know, all the all the fans and stuff. I really took my time to, to, to savor the flavor of it. It was pretty good. You mentioned savoring the flavor, and I'm just wondering, have you a favorite standout moment maybe from either of the two Super Bowl ones? Is there something in particular that really stands out for you? You know, I, I tell you, the, the first one, you know, being, playing in Pasadena, and I was, I was raised in Southern California, uh, to me that was a homecoming, like playing the game at home. And all my family and friends were there, and being in the area with the Cal State Fullerton, not too far from Pasadena, that was great. I, I'll never forget that. The second game was, you know, of course, you know, that was uh, the Gulf War uh, and, and the military presence that was around the stadium. Uh, I'll never forget that either because, you know, going to that game, I was thinking, oh, what if something happens? You know, who's going to protect my family? What if they bomb the stadium? I'm thinking that way. And then a, a element of confidence came over and go, wait a minute, why am I, why am I protect? Why am I, I'm, I'm worried about it because we have the best military in the world protecting this whole 
yeah, I focused back on the game. So I, I remember that vividly in the second the second Super Bowl. Yeah, coming up to that game, was it? Uh, it must have been a real distraction for you. You know, it was such a big event that it would have been kind of a probably a, a very thing, something that could have been targeted by a terrorist attack or something. Yeah, it, it, it kind of it, it took you off kilter. You know, it, it takes you off off your game, and and, and that was probably. And I'm, I'm I'm just speaking for myself. That was probably the biggest thing because you know you, you're trying to play the game. You're, you're trying to focus on the game. Uh, you know, for a lot of us, the biggest game of our careers. But having the the Gulf War go on and stuff, and and thinking about the other things that that possibly could have happened, it, it, it of course it was a, a distraction. But uh, after you get past that and you, the game starts, you focus on the game. The game becomes that's your life. That that's what you do. And then afterwards, then you get back to you know basically reality. What 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 has happened? You know our soldiers over there fighting for you know trying to stay alive, and we're just playing the game. So. Uh, but yeah, it, it, it was a distraction for a while. The first Super Bowl win came against uh, John Elway and the Denver Broncos, and that was a game that just really shut them down in the second half to win. And then the next one was against the Buffalo Bills, who at the time had Jim Kelly quarterback and were really, really dominating on the offensive side of the ball, that fast-paced offense they were running. But you were really uh, dominating on the defensive side of the ball, so it was kind of a bit like last year's Super Bowl match almost, the, the defensive side against the offensive side, and it was a game that came down to the final kick. I'm um, just wondering your feelings while you were on the sideline. Were you on the sideline, or maybe you were in the special teams for the for the field goal attempt, and uh, what was your thoughts as that ball sailed wide and you won that second Super Bowl? Well, I was on the sideline. I was one of the little guys who started the prayer session, where, where, <laughs> and I turned my back to the stadium. I didn't want to watch. But you know what? You, you, you go back to our '86 game. You know, against uh, John Elway and David Broncos, they had a very high power offense. But you know, historically, and you know this game very well. Defense, defenses always win the they yeah. win championship. Seems to be. It always does. Hmm. It always does. I mean, even though the regular season, yeah, the, the pass happy. You know, Drew Brees throws almost you know five fifty five hundred yards, and that happens in the regular season. But when, when it comes down to it. You know, defenses, when, when the, the game is called property by the officials, they can shut down any offense. It, it, it happens. Like in baseball, great pitching always shuts down uh, great hitting. And you watch again the Seattle, the Seattle Seahawks and the Denver Broncos, that's what happened. You know, you know and playing Buffalo Bills in the 1990 Super Bowl, we knew we had to, to take something away. And the game plan was to let Thurman Thomas run the ball and stop Jim Kelly and the Buffalo Bills from scoring quickly in the middle of the offense. And, and that's what we've done because we knew that Buffalo really did not want to run the ball. They didn't. No. They're, a pass, they're a passing team. They want to score quick and get up on and pile it on. Well, we just said, you know, you're not going to do that to us. We're going to hit, we're going to hit the hell out of the receivers. We're going to bloody their nose. And we're going to let Thurman Thomas run for, run for 100 yards or whatever. And we'll win again and, and do it that way. And, and that's what happened. And you mentioned there, obviously, or I mentioned, sorry, the, the Denver Broncos against the Seahawks last year being a giant. Uh, were you back in the stadium for that? And as a former Seahawks player as well, you must have been very, very impressed last season with their defensive unit overall. Well, yeah, I, I wasn't back in New York for the Super Bowl. As a matter of fact, I went to Las Vegas to watch the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> nice, too. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> but I, I, was, I was very impressed with the Seahawks defense. And, and I'm a defensive guy. I, I, I love watching great defense. I love watching great football games. Uh, but, but Seattle really, uh, they, they, they did a number on, on the Denver Broncos. And I didn't think, I think Denver didn't really expect that. They thought that their offense would just go all over the place. And it, it didn't happen. 
After you played, I mentioned you played for the Seahawks. After you played with them, you decided to retire in 1999, but you went back and signed a short contract, obviously, with the Giants to retire with them. How important was it for you to retire as a Giant after the success you had there in your career? Well, it was very important. I'm, 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 I'm glad that the Merrill family let me sign that one-day contract with the Giants and they retired the Giants because I felt, I felt it was a sense of closure for me. I came in as a New York Giant. I want to leave as a New York Giant. And I felt very honored that they let me do that. And I, I, I think it's, uh, you know, any player wants to do, would like to do that, but some teams don't let you do that. Yeah. And, and, you know, playing for the New York Giants, a historical flagship organization of the National Football League, I think that was class. And I, 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 I'm always, I'm a giant. I bleed giant blue. Um, once a giant, always a giant, as uh, the Mara family says. And I think it was an honor to do it. It's a very uh, special bond, obviously, with the team at the time, winning those two four Super Bowls as well, and some of the defensive pieces that were around back then too. It was, you know, very dominant in defense, and it must have been a special part of the team to be to be part of. Oh yeah, I mean, it was, it was a great, especially when you know, look, look at the history of the Giants: Harry Carson, Lawrence Taylor, Carl Banks, Phil Simms, O.J. Anderson. There, you know, great players, and I, I'm glad to be a part of that organization and you know having a. Uh, Two wins with the organization and and and, and you know being a I, I think a integral part of winning those Super Bowls I, I think it's great and I'll always be a giant until the end. Since you retired, um, there's been a lot of rule changes in the NFL, particularly for kind of favoring the offense. How have you felt about those changes? And do you think it'll be tough for you to play the game now if you were involved with the way you played? <laughs> Colin, I tell you what. <laughs> I, I could probably play maybe three plays in the National Football League. Well, maybe 15. I mean, with the new rules. I could play safety. But some of the rule changes, um, I understand is to protect the, the players, which I, I'm, I'm fully for. Uh, and it, it's, I, I think the NFL is probably right now maybe three rule changes uh, for being like the Pro Bowl. So, um, you know, I, I, I get the safety part of it, but it's not the football that I'm used to. But it's still an entertaining game, no doubt about it. Um, at 50, can I play? No. <laughs> we don't even, even want to at this point. No, we've had a, a lot of former players on, particularly defensive players, whether it be you know the guys rushing the passer or those guys at the back end of the defense, and all of them seem to think that it would be tough to, to play now with the, those rule changes, and a lot of them kind of would rather if it was still the way that it was when you were playing. Well, it's almost touched now. Yeah. You know, it, it's almost touch football, and, and and you know, and the guys that I, and back in the you know sixties, seventies, and eighties, uh, part of the nineties, you know, we, it was a very physical game. But uh, you know, I, I think uh, you know, and, and let's just make no mistake about it. The athletes now in today's NFL, are, I think, far superior than they were the guys in the seventies, the eighties, and nineties. They're, they're they're hell of athletes. I mean, they're they're, they're spectacular physical specimens. So, you know, with rule changes, maybe some of the guys could play right now, uh, back in the 70s and 80s and 90s, in today's NFL. I wouldn't want to try it, so, but I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> during the during your NFL career, there was many tough receivers and that that you went up against, uh, probably none more so tough than probably the greatest of all time, Jerry Rice. Was he the, the toughest player you had to, to cover? And you mentioned going to that Super Bowl, you faced... Uh, when they were going for the three peak, you faced the 49ers and you basically shut him down in that game. Was was he the toughest guy to go against? You know, I and I, I, I spoke to Jerry. I, I saw Jerry three weeks ago. We, we had a flag football game out in Candlestick. This is called Legends of Candlestick. Uh, great guy. I mean, tremendous willingness to compete. 
but I tell you, that one of the hardest guys I had to cover year in year out was Art Monk from uh, the Washington Redskins. I, 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 you know, Art was a big physical guy. I was a physical guy, and we just fought up and down the field. You know, don't forget, you know, back in those days in the NFC East, we had some big receivers: Art Monk, you know, uh, Michael Irving, who's the Chris Carter. Uh, J.T. Smith and Roy Green from the uh, St. Louis Cardinals back in those days. Those guys were big guys. So by the time I got outside the NFC East, I really didn't worry too much about anybody else because those guys in the NFC East were the dominant receivers to me. And Art Muff was probably, he was the toughest guy I had, to, I had to cover. So by the time I got to San Francisco and covering Jerry Rice all those years, that really wasn't a problem. Not no disrespect to Jerry, but I was a more physical guy than he was, so I had to use my physical uh, strength to, to take him out of the games mostly. Yeah, some fantastic names you mentioned there, some of the real, real greats off the game. And You were a bit of a ball hawk in, the, in your time in the league, you had 27 interceptions and you took three of them for touchdowns. When the, Before the play, was your instinct always to try and take the ball away, or were you looking to just stop uh, the offense moving forward? Well, my, my job was mostly to just do my job. Whatever came my way, I tried to do it the best I could. Uh, I never went into a game talking about, well, I want interceptions. My, my mindset was if I can stop the offensive coordinator and the, and the, uh, the quarterback to come to my side and, and take that person out of the game, that equation out of the game, to make the field, the field smaller for that for the offense to run his offense, then I've done my job. Uh, and whatever stats came my way, whatever plays came my way, that that's fine, but as long as I didn't give up the the, the big plays and be a be a, a weak link a weak a link in the armor, or, uh, I would I did my job. So and that's all I wanted to do. Uh, whatever the stats were, they were what they were. Yeah. But the main stat I worried about was wins and losses and winning championships, and that was it. Yeah, you had a very good, very successful time in particular with the Giants in the one-loss column. And you also played for the Kansas City Chiefs for three seasons. You were named their most valuable de- defensive player in 1996. But you were back there uh, for the first preseason game. You worked the game as a clock official. Is that something that you do on a regular basis for them? And uh, what did you make of their first performance of the preseason? Yeah, well, I, uh, I'm part of the officiating crew. I went, we were, the officiating crew on the field and in the cl- in, in, during the clock. So I'm, I'm on the staff there and I'm an alternate. And I worked at 45-second clock. And it's something that, that keeps me into the game, uh, involved with the game, and I get to do the Kansas City Chiefs, the Kansas City Chiefs games and games throughout the country if needed. So right. it's a great opportunity to stay close to the game. Uh, watching the Chiefs this year, they, they, look, they look pretty good. Uh, of course, you know, Jamal Charles is a hell of a running back. Uh, I think the steal of the draft for the Chiefs was DeAnthony Thomas. Yeah, that was one. a big kick return. Yes, he, he, he's a steal. It's surprising he felt I think he got drafted the third or fourth round. I'm surprised he lasted that long, but he's going to be a, a guy who's filling for Dex on the cluster and probably be a better player than Dexter. So, uh, but the Chiefs look okay. I mean, uh, D Ford at the defensive end spot, uh, hell of a pass rusher. He, he could put pressure on the quarterback. Uh, but the, the, the back end of, of the Kansas City Chiefs still, uh, I know they had a great game against Cincinnati in the preseason, but. Uh, we'll see what happens in the regular season. There, there's no, there's only one stable player back there, and that's Barry. Uh, so other than that, I don't know what's going on back there, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, they lost a few pieces in the off season, but looked good the last night. But as you mentioned, it's the first game of preseason. There's a long, a long, long way to go. You also run your own recruiting business now, Two Five Sports. Do you want to fill the listeners in a little bit about that? Sure, absolutely. What we do is we get Two Five Sports. We give student athletes the opportunity 
to get recruited, get a sports scholarship. Uh, we do all, I think, 14 sports, including soccer. We, get, we just added a hockey this year. Uh, so what we do, the student athlete will put that profile on the website, and colleges will look for them based on the criteria the college has set, uh, gender, sport, position, that kind of stuff. And they connect. Uh, it's, a, it's a great company. Uh, we're growing immensely, and things are looking good. So uh, you can look us up at www, the number 2, com. Yeah, and also you mentioned there the website is 25sports.com, the number 2, the word 5, and then sports, and your Twitter handle is also at 25sports, the same. It's been a lot of fun talking to you, Mark, on the show. Hopefully we'll make you get back on the show in the future again, and just like to thank you for coming on to talk to us on Overtime Ireland. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Hi, this is Harry Carson, former New York Giant and Pro Football Hall of Famer. You're listening to Overtime Ireland. That was Mark Collins, two-time Super Bowl champion with the New York Giants and runs his own recruiting business now for athletes trying to make their way into the college game. So it was a lot of fun having Mark on to talk to him. Make sure you do check him out on Twitter. It's at 25sports. That's the number two. The word five spelled out and then sports was 2-F-I-V-E sports. As always, DJ, I really enjoy getting the insight from NFL players and former NFL players into what goes on while they're on the pitch, some of the behind-the-scenes stuff for when they're off the pitch and so on. So good there talking to Mark again. And we talked to each other a little bit about the, this NFL season, so let's get into what happened in the preseason and let's get straight into the NFL news. NFL news. So, DJ, as we move into the NFL news, we might have started the show off with a little experiment having the dog up here with me, but that has swiftly been resolved, and Packer's now downstairs with a treat for himself to try and keep himself a little bit quieter for the duration of the show. He was jumping about quite a bit, so we've done a bit of editing to it to try and limit it out, but Packer's no longer on the show. So, Packer's on the pop list column. Oh, I like what you've done there, DJ. Absolute shocking pun, but... <laughs> So DJ, to start the OTI news, we have a question in from Cookie, and Cookie sends us in plenty of questions here on Overtime Ireland, and I thought we'd add this question to the start off the news segment, because we're going to be talking a bit about the pre-season games, and he was wondering whose first pre-season game has answered the most questions, and who's brought the most questions, so I guess we'll answer that as we go forward now, DJ, through the NFL games that we're going to discuss from the NFL preseason first set of matches. We'll start off, my New England Patriots, I don't know if they turned up. In the game against Washington, despite getting six points on the board, it was quite a poor performance by the Patriots. Yeah, overall, DJ, not much to say. Mallet started the game instead of Tom Brady. And, you know, maybe people were thinking he'll put himself in the shop window. The Texans are obviously looking for a quarterback. We'll talk more about that in a little bit. But, you know, there's been rumours all off-season that maybe the Texans would trade to get Ryan Mallet from the Patriots. But on the performance on the show when he had the last day, um, I don't think... There'll be in any rush to, to give them a pick uh, in one of the upcoming drafts for Ryan Mallet's services. I wasn't overly impressed with him. And he'd been getting, getting kind of rave reviews in camp. And with the way the game turned out, with the way he performed, uh, maybe he's playing well in camp, but didn't uh, take it onto the field here. And we'll see as the preseason progresses. But uh, definitely not living up to the hype that I heard about him over the past uh, week or so. And I thought uh, when Garoppolo came in, he played quite well. And the kind of opposite of me said to him that he was struggling to pick up the playbook and so on. But played quite nice when he came on but again he was playing against a third string team so or the third string defensive unit off the Washington Redskins so maybe it was a little bit easier for him but overall disappointing result for the the Patriots but as we know DJ as you well know the Patriots um, you'll be going into the season and you'll not be worrying about what happened pre-season week one when you're trying to win that division come week 16 week 17. 
you know, it's really the playoffs when we start to worry <laughs> about the performances that we're putting in. But it was it was the first game, and hopefully they'll improve as the preseason goes on. As you say, Jimmy Garoppolo was reasonably impressive. 157 yards thrown in the game. Ryan, Ryan Mallett had two rushing yards, and watching his attempt of diving to the ground... It's really not something I'd recommend he ever does again for he nearly injured himself in attempting to get down. Yeah, so DJ can tell there from your thoughts on the game that you're not overly impressed with what Mal had done, but were you impressed uh, with uh, Jimmy Garoppolo? And I know he's only you're hoping he's only the backup there as Brady continues his success in New England, but do you think Garoppolo showed some glimpses for the future? Do you think taking him as a second-round pick uh, looks like a good idea? Or what's your thoughts now on that? I think it's one game, and one game can make anybody look impressive, even though it was only one game. I think he's knocked Ryan Mallett down to the third-choice quarterback slot. Yeah, I think, um, obviously, probably on the depth chart as we stand, it'll still be Mallett in reserve for Tom Brady, but I think as the preseason goes on, if it continues to develop like this, I think BG will be right then. But all New England fans, yourself included, are hoping that there's no need for the backup to ever get involved in the regular season, so... Not a lot of other talking points easy for me coming out of that game. I didn't think RG3 looked great, to be honest, either, um, when he was in, but he was only in for a few snaps. Kirk Cousins then, you know, we talked about Ryan Mallett and people looking to trade for him. Kirk Cousins last season, there was a lot of word that teams would be looking for him in the offseason, making a trade for him. But uh, kind of quieting down, and he hasn't been as, as good as people would have expected. But I've heard word out of some of the training camp stories that He's actually looking better than RG3 in training, so I think RG3 is firmly established as the starting quarterback there. I don't think his position's under any threat, but you know when you hear stories like this coming out, maybe RG3 just needs to make sure he starts the season well and plays well, because maybe there's a, maybe a possibility if he is actually performing well in training and impressing that he does come into the team and maybe puts a bit of pressure on RG3, but I, I do think that is a long, long way off, and in my own opinion, I think RG3 is the, the franchise quarterback there, and he will be the main man there in Washington for the foreseeable future and I think that'll be quite a quite a long time with RG3 at the helm there so some of the other takeaways DJ from a number of other games the Broncos and the Seahawks uh, finished up Broncos 21 Seahawks 16 maybe a little bit of retribution for the Super Bowl loss but let's uh, pull no points as we all know which one each team would rather have uh, I know the Broncos won't be too happy not winning that Super Bowl and I think they would really rather win the Super Bowl than one in this kind of meaningless preseason friendly for them but this game a huge amount of penalties in DJ and both teams racking up a, a lot of yards and a lot has been made of the, the new kind of call that uh, no physical contact after five yards for the defensive backs and seen a lot of calls being given against the Seahawks we all know how physical they like to be after the line of scrimmage and maybe this rule's obviously only in for the preseason but something that maybe the Seahawks are having a little bit of difficulty with. There was a number of flags thrown and not alone this game but and the number of games on defensive players for that new rule column. I think the likes of Richard Chairman probably aren't too happy about that new rule, so it'll be interesting to see what happens during the season. And a lot of the defensive players are hoping that this rule isn't one that comes into effect in the regular season anytime soon. Yeah, DJ mentioned there's a few of these rules and different things, including we've seen this week the the, the pat, the point after attempt uh, being switched back a little bit further out and then their rules are going to be used for the first two weeks of the preseason, the first two preseason games and we'll see then what the the committee's not decide whether moving forward it's something that they keep long term or whether it's something to be scrapped and we'll see what happens with that but speaking to you point after attempts and speaking of preseason action the Buccaneers went down to a loss to the Jacksonville Jaguars but 
former OTI guest Pat Murray got his debut for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, he done a bit of kicking all around, and I was speaking to him last week. He's going to be doing a bit of punting. He's going to be doing kickoffs, and he's going to be doing field goals. So put over a point after attempt after their touchdown in the second half, and good start for him in his uh, preseason as he tries to make the roster there and. Speaking of Pat Connor, Philpot, one of our writers, is over there in Tampa at the minute and tweeted out a picture to you there during the week. And Connor was representing OTI down, interviewing some of the players down at the Tampa Buccaneers training camp, and he was wearing his OTI t shirt. So, hope Connor's having a good time out there in Tampa Bay. And I know he'll be listening to this podcast. He listened to last week's one on his way over on the, the flight over to Tampa. So, hopefully, he enjoys listening to the show. So, Connor, hope that you're having a good time over there and enjoying watching the Buccaneers and getting in and around the practice facility down there. But uh, Pat will be coming on the show in the next uh, few weeks and he's going to come on to talk about getting ready for the season and what it's like trying to make the roster and what his uh, feelings were in playing these preseason games. So he has one game down, we might be having him on in the next week or so to, to talk about the rest of the stuff going on there for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But leads to this here game, Josh McCowan down from the Chicago Bears, who they got him from this past offseason. Lovie Smith, the new coach, a bit of time to see what was going on there and one of the main takeaways DJ took away from this game was not a big fan of those jerseys when you see them out on the pitch for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Weren't too pleasant on the eye, let's just put it that way. But I didn't think that uh, Josh McCown's performance was too pleasant on the eye either. Josh threw a, a pick six, you know, an interception return for a touchdown. He was sacked twice and he lost a fumble as well. So there was a lot, a lot of disappointing stuff for him. And or I've been talking, you know, for quite a while about Mike Lennon and that I like Mike Lennon as a player. I think he has a lot to offer the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and... I think uh, I would rather see him there starting that quarterback over Josh McCown. I know he had a good season last year. You look at the weapons he had up there in Chicago, Alshon Jeffrey and Branton Marshall. And then you look at, you know, he's moving to a different offense and so on. So I think uh, if you look back, he had a lot of things in his favor up there. And he had one good season. He's moved around the league quite a bit. And I think uh, Mike Glennon might be the best option there. But that their quarterback battle will go on into the preseason. And I think that... Josh McCown probably will start the season, but don't be surprised if he continues to play like this if Mike Lennon ends up uh, pushing him into the starting lineup. In this game as well, DJ Blake Bartles made his debut for the Jacksonville Jaguars, throwing for 117 yards and led a second half drive, which ended up with a field goal, but won the game 16 10. And one of the former OTI podcast guests as well, DJ Denard Robinson, had a 23 yard run for a touchdown in the second half. So it's good to see DJ a few of the guys here that we've had on the show getting a few scores here in pre-season and hopefully that'll continue into the regular season. Yeah, and I'm sure all the Jaguars fans will be hoping that this is the start of more to come and hoping that they might add another few wins throughout the season and not end up with the number one pick next season. A team that d- didn't start off their pre-season well and those a number of teams lost but didn't lose this badly and that's the Houston Texans, who lost 32-0. Yeah, DJ, I talked earlier about them needing a quarterback, and in this game, it was very, very, very visible that Ryan Fitzpatrick wasn't overly impressive for them at quarterback, and I don't know what uh, they can do. Maybe he just had a bad day at the office, and maybe he'll uh, improve as we go along. I thought at the times last year for the Tennessee Titans that he, you know, he did play well when... Uh, Jake Locker was out and I thought he was impressive in spells but moving different team in that and Andre Johnson you know we all remember he was holding out there at the start of the offseason it was obviously down to his disappointment that they didn't take a quarterback high in the draft and we can see now you know that quarterbacks can be a major issue for them this season I think that um, Fitzpatrick is better than what he showed in this game but it was a very tough night for him and he played the entire first half completed less than half of his passes 55 yards off six completions and threw two interceptions as well so it was a 20-0 lead at the break for 
the Cardinals who really dominated on defense in this game. And I think their defense is going to be very, very strong this upcoming season. And while we're mentioning people that have been on the show column, two of the Arizona defensive players performed very well in this game. Lorenzo Alexander had three tackles and Calais Campbell had one. So they obviously done a good job keeping the <laughs> Texans' offense quiet. Yeah, indeed. One of the things I wanted to see in this game was for the Texans, and that was to see Watt and Clowney teaming up to see how they got on. And Although Clowney uh, had some bits where he struggled in the game, he obviously showed his athleticism a number of times and a few nice tackles. So he had a few chances he almost got in there for sacks on the quarterback, but just maybe a split second too late or just a timing a little bit out in his, his runs trying to get to the quarterback. But I think overall positive for him, J.J. Watt had a sack in this game, and we all know what J.J. Watt does. He goes out there and dominates week in and week out. So I think uh, starting a, a formidable partnership there to start the preseason and that's only going to get better DJ as we move in to the season being a Packers fan DJ that was a game of considerable note for me to see and those uh, monsoon like conditions I've seen where Aaron Rodgers tweeted out that although he wasn't playing in the game he tweeted out that he offered to build an arc for the team because the, the downpour was so considerable but I uh, got a good tweet in from Eli Booksaber our writer here at Overtime Ireland and he said that I'm sure there'll be no space on that arc for Bears and Lions which uh, was uh, quite funny I thought adding in the two teams in the Packers division so quick thinking there by Eli to get a get a return in you mentioned a pun earlier on on the pup list saying DJ but quick thinking there by Eli to get in there with the with the Noah's Ark kind of reference but in this game DJ there was some positives some negatives and kind of fumbling issues leading to a touchdown for the Tennessee Titans I think it's more down to the conditions, uh, you know, that Devontae Adams had those issues uh, trying to catch the ball. Two punts that he went to catch, spelled both of them, recovered on one of them. The other one he didn't recover on. And, you know, uh, I think just could have been down purely to the conditions because all, all things considered uh, in training camp, he is meant to be very, very successful in the return game. From the Packers' point of view and positive things, DJ, we all know what Eddie Lacy can do. And in this game here, I thought Starks looked very positive. He looked explosive. He had a kind of spring in his step and got himself a nice touchdown to start the game. And I thought overall he was uh, very, very good in this game. And things hold positive for the Packers going into the season in the run game. They have a nice one-two points there now with him and Lacy. And hopefully that will help them no end going into the season. Nice balanced attack when you have Rodgers back now going to the wide receivers. And then you have a nice strong run game like that. And hopefully the defence will improve as we get closer to the season. Took in, obviously, Haha Clinton Dix in the draft and Judas Peppers, and hopefully Clay Matthews will be back to full fitness. So we'll see how the Packers go in the all-round game. But uh, I know they lost this game, but quietly I am confident as we move towards the season. DJ, I guess we'll have to talk about Johnny Manziel and the Browns. They played the Lions, and I thought he was quite impressive overall. Obviously, there's going to be teething issues with him. Some One thing's for sure, when I was watching him, uh, does bring a bit of his excitement to the table, and... You know, seeing him run around once he gets out of the pocket, obviously, we all know what he can do. But I was impressed with his accuracy throwing the ball. And he was throwing with a real zip on the ball, putting a, a lot of power behind it and looked confident in his throws. And I thought overall, very, very solid start from Johnny Manziel. But as I'm always keen to say, we shouldn't be overhyping any of these guys after a couple of snaps in the NFL and playing probably against a second string defensive unit. So any ta- other takeaways, DJ, from the preseason that you had outside of those that are already mentioned there? Before, DJ, you mentioned yours, I actually forgot about the Panthers and the Bills game, and key takeaway from that was Kelvin Benjamin's amazing, amazing athleticism to make a, a great touchdown grab in the end zone. He kind of tripped, uh, got tangled up with the defensive back, he was stumbling towards the ground, still readjusted, caught the ball just as it hit the ground, it was at full stretch, really, really athletic play, and 
you know, he's got the height as well for to be a good red zone target. So he was taken high in the draft as well. And they have an issue with receivers, obviously, there at the Panthers. And no doubt Cam Newton would be delighted to see that their sort of athleticism from a wide receiver that gives him an option this year. When Although he didn't play in this game, uh, I'm sure we'll see him back for preseason games uh, either in the next game or the week following. And Colin, a player that performed very well for the Oakland Raiders in their preseason opener against the Minnesota Vikings. Linval Joseph suffered a minor injury during a shooting. He was an innocent bystander and was shot in the calf by a stray bullet. But thankfully, the Oakland Raiders announced that Joseph was an innocent bystander to the shooting and that he'll hopefully be back in practice this week. Yeah, that's not something that I'd seen even uh, up until you mentioned it there, but very, very surprising news and uh, hopefully... Make a full recovery in. But the sounds of things are looking to get him on the on the field for week one and hopefully it's only a short term injury. And Colin, some more injury news that Baltimore Ravens front seven lost quality depth when defensive end Capron Lewis Moore went down with a potentially season ending injury and coach John Harbaugh confirmed that Lewis Moore sustained a major injury to his Achilles, which is believed to be torn, so that could be his season over before it began. Yeah, DJ, if it's something like a torn Achilles, if it is fully torn, it's an injury that no doubt ends the season. and It's an injury that's really, really tough to come back from. We've seen last year Vince Wilfark had probably a similar injury that has been, it's not been confirmed yet, obviously, and then did the scan done it, but sounds very similar to that. And anything to do with the Achilles, you know, it's something that, it's just what these guys are so big, so much weight and pressure being put on to that there tendon you know each and every time a snap is they're pressing down into the ground and that's what the Achilles is doing and just uh, anything a tear or a, a rupture in particular would be uh, devastating and would take at least six to eight months for recovery so I think uh, that's his season over and as you mentioned depth on the Ravens O-line and a lot of O-lines and that have been getting a, it seems to be a, an area where there's a lot of people getting injured obviously so that's where the big guys are going against each other the defensive linemen and that going against the offensive linemen and a lot of players there seem in that position to be getting, you know, knee injuries and ankle injuries and so on. It's just, it's just the size of the guys, the force of the guys, and something that's, uh, you know, you just can't really do anything about. But unfortunately, part of the game, and another guy with a, a looks like a season-ending injury before the season has even really got underway for him. Colin, we mentioned after the draft that we we're surprised that the Patriots hadn't maybe locked at some adding depth to the tight end position or even on the offence, really. And they signed three tight ends on Sunday. They were Ben Harstock, Steve Manneri. Sorry, Steve, if I mispronounced your name there. I'm sure he's listening in. And Terence Miller. Harstock caught a t- grand total of two passes in 43 games with the Carolina Panthers over the last three seasons and. NFL.com have said he's ideally a blocking complement to Rob Gronkowski in two tight end sets and they think that he's the most likely person to make the 53-man roster out of the three people signed by the Patriots and it's not unusual for teams to sign a number of players at once in the same position and then release them a few days later. Yeah, well, they'll get a look at the three of them and you mentioned there, DJ, with the stats you mentioned, it's quite obvious that he's not a man that they're going to be looking to throw too many balls to. More of a blocking tight end and, you know, the, the old school tight end. And obviously with Gronk there and the depth issues last year, but it's a, it's a different. It's obviously not going to be, if Gronk got injured again, it's obviously not somebody who's going to come in and be catching balls in the same way as Robin Kreisky does for them. But, 
you know you're always looking for the depth and the Patriots they do put quite a number of people through kind of the training camp drills and see how they get on and see if they how many of them will stick and uh, stay on with the team but always good when the, the team's looking to get a bit of the depth and ideally you would like to have it before now and Colin the NFL are stepping up their pressure yet again on the Buffalo Bills and the politicians in New York to get new stadium despite the 130 million in renovations being completed this year the NFL still don't feel that it's going to be up to the standard that they feel fans should be provided with you look now DJ you look at the likes of the 49ers new stadium and look at the kind of bells and whistles and that the state of the art you know lots of different stuff in it and from the different Wi-Fi connections and you look at the Jacksonville Jaguars with the new scoreboard they have there, the new video board they have, they've swimming pools in the end zone and they've all this sort of stuff and then up in Buffalo you're really just getting kind of the basics off the basics up there and I think as well if there was a new stadium built there it would kind of end any doubts about the team staying in Buffalo. You know there's a lot of talk about their lease being up in 2019 I think it is and whether the team will move. John Bon Jovi's been linked with maybe a purchase and that and moving the team up to Toronto and I don't think anyone around the Buffalo area wants that I think they want them to stay obviously in Buffalo and if there's a new stadium built there and it would keep them there and the, the league obviously is looking to put out the best product they can and you know having a, a better stadium being able to offer more to the fans going to the games and that and having all the stadiums up to a certain level is something I'm sure the league wants and they'll be putting a little bit more pressure nudging and nudging and nudging and I think it's uh something that the Buffalo Bills fans will be hoping for because they'll get both a new stadium and they'll also get kind of confirmation that the Bills would be in Buffalo even longer term than they currently will be. Another interesting thing, DJ, that I read about this uh, weekend was Alex Smith and obviously he's coming up for contract renewal um, after his move from the 49ers with Andy Dalton getting the, the big contract that we talked about last week on the show with the incentives and that and you have to reach the, the them incentives to keep your contract going with that guarantees and so on and so forth uh, Alex Smith and he's not really interested in a contract like that and he doesn't want a contract like Colin Kaepernick's either he just wants you know the kind of the deals that Tony Romo was getting the deals that Aaron Rodgers was getting that sort of money um, he doesn't want to be going for just purely incentive based contract and it'll be interesting to see what way it takes because I think he's right in between those two platforms I don't think he's at the real real top level and I think he's proven more than both Kaepernick and Andy Dalton but I think uh if he doesn't get paid by the Kansas City Chiefs, he's certainly going to get paid on the open market because he'd want to be one of the best free agent quarterbacks to come up. Obviously, he went through in a trade to the Kansas City Chiefs, I mentioned there a few years back, and you know he's coming up here for a contract again. And if they don't give it to him, somebody certainly will because you know I mentioned already, DJ, but the Texans, I think they would love to have Alex Smith as their as their quarterback, and we'll see what happens there. But interesting developments, just with the stories leaking out. Uh, after that contract went through that he said he, he doesn't want that type of contract and we'll, we'll see if they do step up and give him the, the guaranteed money that he, he'll be looking for as a top 15 quarterbacks in the National Football League and so that's going to wrap up the kind of news roundup for the week so I mentioned at the start of the show DJ we're going to have Tom on from Huddle Magazine so let's get him on the show right now Hi this is former NFL offensive lineman Ross Tucker the host of the Ross Tucker football podcast and you are listening to the Overtime Ireland podcast. On the podcast now joined by Tom from Huddle Magazine I know many of the listeners to the show are subscribed already but there might be some new people who weren't listening to us back when you were on the last time Tom so season's getting ready to start up and use of a great edition of the magazine out. Thanks again for coming on to talk to us and we'll be filling the listeners in a little bit about what you've got going on in the magazine. Yeah, no problem at all. <laughs> Always great to come on and say hello to people and 
as you say, the season's starting. We've got an issue out at the moment, and things are, uh, are moving at pace. Yeah, see, the current issue is RG3 on the cover, and you know a lot of talk in there about him and how he's going to do this season. We've seen him in his rookie year, and he really lit up the NFL, and you know, fantastic season that time. And obviously, we all know what the the injury against the Seahawks in the playoffs and what happened last season. They're hoping for a big bounce back now with the new coaching on. You're covering a lot off that in the in the latest edition. Yeah, I mean. The article, the lead article, uh, surrounds the Redskins' outlook to the season and really about the work that Jay Gruden's doing and Sean McVay in helping RG3 progress as a player. I mean, one of the quotes in there from Jay Gruden is that he doesn't want to turn RG3 into a pure pocket passer, but there's a little bit more depth in there just telling you about how they're going about really adding weapons to RG3's arsenal and you know, try, really trying to prevent those kind of injuries happening to him that you mentioned against the Seahawks. So, yeah, we're really happy with how that's come out. I think it's a really a really good read and some quite good insight, not only into RG3, but a little bit about the system that the Skins play in terms of their West Coast offense scheme. A little bit of an explanation of how that com- how, how that is. And so, you know, if you're a bit of a novice in getting into the game and you don't really understand everything about the game as now you know we, we try and target at all levels so we do sort of explain things but the you know for the more established watcher of american football you know there's some good detail in there for you to you know a little bit more in depth so it's kind of aimed at everyone but yes yeah, we think it's come out really well yeah, you also have uh, an interview in this month's magazine with jonathan cyprian and denard robinson both off the jacksonville jaguars you also and each and every magazine, kind of your standout thing is the Around All 32, where you have one page dedicated to each team in the National Football League, picking you know up all the latest news on them each month to, to share with the readers. And we all know like a lot of the other magazines will cover certain aspects of certain teams, but you have a dedicated page to each team, and that's kind of one of your standout kind of marketing things. Yeah, I mean, we, we have regular sections every month. I mean, we always have a lead article, like I mentioned with the Gruden Skins article. We cover a rookie profile every month, so you'll learn about one of the new players coming into the NFL every month. Um, we have Inside College Football, which we've revamped for this season. We've got a new writer on board, and we're going to provide profiles of college teams, a lead article in that section. But we're also going to look at the next year's draft prospects. So we're already looking at 2015's draft prospects and, you know, doing a little bit of a profile on them. We have, as you've mentioned this month, John Cyprian and Denard Robinson in our international series update, where really we focus on the teams that are coming to London and everything that's going on around that. And as you say, our, our kind of signature section now in the magazine is around all 32, where we dedicate a page to every team. And I mean, we just started doing that because myself personally, I, I wouldn't want to pick up a magazine and get through it and think, well, there's nothing really about my team in there. You know, as much as you do like reading about other aspects of the game, you do kind of want to read about your team as well. So we started doing that. But the nice offshoot of that that we found is that people kind of really like reading about every team. And it's nice to get the knowledge of your mate's team and, you know, what they're doing. And it's kind of good to get in there and read about it and not have to sit and listen to your mate bending your ear about how great his team are but it also kind of arms you with a bit of ammo for banter as well during the season so it's really taken off and it's something that people are really liking we're really pleased with it and you know i'm, I'm really happy that people get that and it, it's that's been a big success in the magazine and that's something that's definitely here to stay as a firm fixture probably something i should have mentioned at the start of the 
talking about um, you're available both on print format and digital format so you can be got on you know ipads you can get it on your laptop you can get it on your mobile phone you can get it really anywhere and then you also give out a, a print edition of it as well for people who want to get it in their actual hands uh, at their front door of their house it will be delivered and part of the other reason of course we have you on is to talk with the special offer you've coming up for your new season pass yeah well because obviously the nfl season covers uh sort of half of the period of the year where we kind of appreciate that some people really want to just pick up the magazine throughout the season but we also want to try and make it really affordable for people so we've got season passes that are available at the moment and as you say we've got an offer on that will run on saturday and sunday where if you purchase a season pass you'll actually get a download copy of this month's magazine free with that so where you were already getting six magazines for the price of five that then ramps it up to seven magazines for the price of five so offering some great value but also a great product for what you're getting and that season pass will start with this coming issue in the end of august and run right through to our super bowl issue which will be the end of january so a complete nfl season and that starts at 15 pound on the website and uh, if you want to find out the website obviously go to huddlemagazine.com you can find uh, actually a free sample edition if you want to kind of sample it before you you buy it you also offer that service and uh, you can get the free sample just huddlemagazine.com forward slash sample and while everyone's listening, the one thing I'll really encourage you to do is check out the Twitter handle. Best way to, I think, anyway, to keep up with all the latest going on at Huddle Magazine. When it when Sunday rolls around and the you know the season started and games have started again, I mean we we chit chat with people on Twitter about the games that are on and stuff. So we're not just purely going to bombard you with the messages saying buy our product. I mean there's a few of them on there. Obviously, nature of the business, but. You know, when the weekend rolls around, Saturday night, Sunday night, we're sat watching football just like you guys, and we just sit and chat to anyone and everyone who wants to uh, have a chit chat with us. Generally, we'll throw some offers out on there as well, so it's always worth getting on there and seeing what we're up to and just. Yeah, and it's uh, always a lot of fun getting to talk to more people this side of the Atlantic, talking about football on Sunday night. So something I'm looking forward to as the season starts, getting the interaction going with you guys and. Thanks a lot, Tom, for coming back on to talk to us and hope to have you on again in the future to talk with the magazine. But anyone just a final time that wants to go and check out the great magazine they have over there at Huddle Magazine, just go to their Twitter handles, the easiest way to find out all the information, and that is simply at Huddle Magazine. Yeah, no problem at all. It's always a pleasure to come on. Great to say hello to you and everyone who listens. And as I say, hit us on Twitter and we'll have a chat. Or, you know, if you want to find out any more information about the magazine itself, just go to huddlemagazine.com and... uh, Just have a wonder around what we're doing on there. Please follow us on Twitter at Overtime Ireland and continue to spread the word. That was Tom from Huddle Magazine. If you're interested in checking out the magazine, as I mentioned, DJ, over, please do go over to at Huddle Magazine, where they have that promotion running up this upcoming weekend, and you can get an extra edition of the magazine. That's this month's edition, free off charge if you sign up for their season pass. So go over and check that out, and thanks to Tom for coming on the show. Did you this Sunday, the AFA Shamrock Bowl was on up in Dublin. I mentioned the AFA the last few weeks. That's the Irish American Football Association, and they're doing a fantastic job of growing the game here in Ireland. The guys over there in the UK too, the British American Football Association doing a fantastic job over there too, but this week in particular, the Irish American Football Shamrock Bowl was on, that is kind of the Super Bowl off Irish American Football, and great win in it for the Belfast Trojans who bet Trinity Football from Dublin, 7-0 in a very low scoring game, and we've seen some of the weather in the States with the golf this weekend, DJ, and a lot, a lot of rain in Dublin too, and the game actually stopped during it for a lightning delay, so very, very tough conditions there for both teams, and it was a very defensive battle, and 
just the one touchdown sitting in the game for the Trojans, so they retain their title this year, winning it last year as well. So great game there, and great crowds uh, to watch the game in Dublin. So congratulations to the Belfast Trojans on their win, and congratulations to the Irish American Football Association on a fantastic Shamrock Bowl run by them. Competition time with OTI. Yeah, did that was the OTI competition time intro music there, and. Uh, like to put on this little segment we'll be having a lot more as the season starts up goes on and progresses we'll be giving away prizes here hopefully on a weekly basis but we'll we'll see how we get stocked up with prizes as we get into the season but a few prizes coming up in the coming weeks football america are on board with us we've got GameStop on board so a couple of maddens to give away as we get into the season we'll be giving away a game ball courtesy of football america uk as well be Probably in the week one of the season, so a lot of prizes coming up. But this week, DJ, we're giving away an Overtime Ireland t-shirt. Lots of people retweeting it and spreading the word off Overtime Ireland. But this week's winner, DJ, is Cahill McCabe. He's a constant contributor here, sending in questions to us, tweeting us and retweeting and spreading the word. So congratulations to Cahill. He's a, he's a Packers supporter and he's from Northern Ireland. An Overtime Ireland t-shirt will be on his way to Cahill. So congratulations, Cahill. Obviously, DJ, we want to thank everyone who downloaded this week's show again. If it is your first time listening to the show, please do hit the subscribe button. If you're listening on iTunes, subscribe there. We're available on TuneIn, Stitcher, and now available as well on Player FM. So we're available on many, many different formats. You can really get us anywhere. You can listen to us on the go at the gym or whatever you're doing in your car traveling to work. So make sure you're spreading the word off Overtime Ireland. And thanks once again to everyone who is downloading the show. And We'll be back next week yet again with another show out next Tuesday, so hoping to talk to some of the guys coming up to the Crow Park Classic here, some of the UCF players for next week's show, so looking forward to bringing that to you. It'll be another show here at Overtime Ireland, so DJ, before we finish up, anything else you would like to add to the podcast? Be sure to keep an eye on our Twitter account, particularly those that are in the Redraft League, for news on when the draft is going to be in both of our leagues. We're running to this season fierce competition in them all and I'm sure there'll be plenty of banter on Twitter and there's Packer telling you that we at Overtime Ireland are going to win due to the fact that he is a fantasy genius all in all I'm sure you're all getting into the fantasy season doing your drafts and so on and we're hoping to have Adam Rank on this week but as you can expect his schedule is absolutely packed at the moment and hopefully maybe we'll sneak him on next week to talk some fantasy football advice with us for whoever's coming up whoever's getting ready to draft their fantasy football team for the upcoming season. But DJ, until next week when we're back with another show, my name's Colin. And my name's DJ. And until then, have a good one. Thank you for listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Please follow us on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. Check out OvertimeIreland.com and continue to spread the word. This has been an Overtime Ireland production.